Good morning, everyone. Welcome to you all, to those here in the sanctuary. It is good to see you. And welcome to those who are joining us online from your own home. Wherever you are, may you know God's joy and peace. Let us worship God. We sing the hymn 510. 510. Jesus calls us here to meet him. psalmist proclaimed, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you have called us to meet with you. Though we are all different, 
you see us as your people. And while some of us have faith and some doubt, you welcome us still as we seek to learn more about you, the one who came to earth, who shared our flesh, and yet who is Lord and God of all. Gracious God, you are worthy of our praise. The earth and all that is in it belongs to you, and you surround us with your love. But sometimes we forget you. We take what we have for granted, and we can fail you by not responding to your call to serve. Lord God, you are merciful and kind. Forgive us our shortcomings and cleanse us of all that grieves you and grant that we may be witnesses of your redeeming love and a help to others, especially those in need. Gracious God, for this new morning we praise you. For the opportunity to come together, we thank you for your presence with us. We extol your holy name, and all through that same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who unites us as the one people, and who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever. Amen. Just one or two intimations to draw to your attention. The parish halls will be open tomorrow afternoon from 2 to 4. There'll be tea and coffee and biscuits. Please let others know about this. All will be most welcome for a time of fellowship in a warm space tomorrow afternoon, two to four. Tickets for the Burns Supper to be held on Tuesday evening are available today and can be purchased in the McMichael Chapel at the close of the service. There'll be a service in Eccles Court at half past two on Wednesday and then in Westerland's Care Home at half past three. A few people to help with the singing at Westerland's would be welcome. If you'd like to come along, please speak to Mrs. Margaret Sibbald at the close of the service. The Finance and Property Committee of the Church will meet here on Thursday at seven and the Kirk Session will meet in the parish halls a week on Tuesday at half past seven. <clears throat> I wonder if any of you like to go fishing or if you've ever gone fishing. I know someone up in the gallery who goes fishing, but I'm wondering if anyone else goes fishing. No, yes. Peter up there, Margaret, two Margaret's, Tony, there you are, there you are, and Jim as well. It's a great pastime, I'm told, I've never done it myself, 
but I'm told it's a great pastime, and it can be very exciting when you actually catch a fish. Now, to be able to go fishing, you need to have the right equipment. Do you think a walking stick would be any good? <laughs> or an umbrella? <laughs> no. You need to have a rod and reel like this one in the photograph here. I don't know whether... Would you like to come out and see it, Charlie? Would you? On you and Would you like to come out and see this? Because it just shows you what a rod and reel is like. Maybe you know what they're like already, do you? Hey? Yes. There you are. So here's a fisherman standing by the water with the rod and the reel. See how far out it goes in order to go right out into the loch and the sea and then have a better chance, you see, of catching a fish. So you need to have the right equipment. Would you like to hold that up and just show it to the congregation? Would that be all right? There we are. You need to have the right rod and reel, the right equipment, but you also need to know something else. You need to know where the fish are. So, fish, they'll be in the water, won't they? Absolutely. So does that mean I could go along to the swimming pool? And catch fish there. No, not that kind of water. <laughs> what kind of water would the fish be in? Like seas, oceans, and that kind of stuff. Rivers. Seas and oceans and rivers, exactly. So you need to know where to go in order to catch the fish. There's no point in going somewhere where there's no fish. That would be a total waste of time, wouldn't it? <laughs> so you've got to have the right equipment, you've got to know where the fish are, and I'm told there's something else that you need to have. You need to be patient. patient. Well done. <laughs> well done, Ewan. <laughs> That's right. You need to be patient because sometimes, you see, you might be standing there and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. It might be a long time before you catch a fish and you might on occasion not catch any at all. So you've got to be patient, right? In the Bible lesson today, we read about the time when Jesus called some fishermen to follow him. He said, come with me and I will make you fish for people. And I've got a wee sketch of that event. Can you see it here? Here are the fishermen in the boat with their nets. Do you see them there? And here's Jesus and he's looking at them and he's inviting them to follow him and fish for people. Do you know, there's a sense in which Jesus still calls us to fish for people. He calls on us to fish for boys and girls and men and women. 
And there's a sense in which we also need the right equipment. We need to know about Jesus and his teaching in order to share it with others. But we also need to know where the boys and girls and men and women are. And we know they're not only in church, but they're out there in the world. And that's where we're to go and tell others about Jesus. And just as those who fish for fish have got to be patient, we also have to be patient. Some will respond to our message, some will not. And others will take time. We mustn't give up on them. We have to be patient and pray that they will respond to the good news that we have to share. And so today Jesus calls us to follow him, just as he called the fishermen to follow him. To tell others about Jesus is a great thing to do and how exciting it can be when they respond to what we have to share. Thank you both very much indeed. And now we're going to sing a hymn about following Jesus. It's hymn 533, Will You Come and Follow Me?
first readings from Psalm 27, reading verse 1 and verses 4 to 9, and can be found on page 165 of the Old Testament section of the Pew Bible. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom then should I go in dread? One thing I ask of the Lord, it is the one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of misfortune. He will conceal me under cover of his tent, set me high on a rock. Now my head will be raised high above the enemy all about me, so I shall acclaim him in his tent with sacrifice and sing a psalm of praise to the Lord. Hear, Lord, when I call aloud, show me favour and answer me. Come, my heart has said, seek his presence. I seek your presence, Lord. Do not hide your face from me, nor in your anger turn away your servant whose help you have been. God, my saviour, do not reject me or forsake me. Um, the second reading is from Matthew chapter 4, reading verses 12 to 23, and can be found on page 3 of the New Testament section of the Pew Bible. When he heard that John had been arrested, Jesus withdrew to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and settled at Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee in the district of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill the words of the prophet Isaiah about the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the road to the sea, the land beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people that lived in darkness have seen a great light Light has dawned on those who lived in the land of death's dark shadow. From that day, Jesus began to proclaim the message, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is upon you. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee when he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come with me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going farther, he saw another pair of brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and at once they left the boat and their father and followed him. He traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every kind of illness and infirmity among people. His fame spread throughout Syria and they brought him sufferers from various diseases, those racked with pain or possessed by demons, those who were epileptic or paralyzed, and he healed them all. Large crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, from Jerusalem and Judea, and from Transjordan. Amen.
Thank you, Sally. Dear Lord and Father of mankind, forgive our foolish ways. Hymn 485.
Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, as you called the fishermen and others to follow you, so you also call us. May we gladly respond and be sustained in our calling by your steadfast faithfulness and love. Gracious God, we pray for the world, in many ways a global village due to modern communications. As we hear of trouble at home and disaster overseas, help us not to become insensitive to all that is happening. Rather, may we respond with what help we can without losing heart or hope. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the communities in which we live and for the privilege of caring and sharing. Kindle within us the flame of faith and set our hearts ablaze that we may become beacons of light and dispel the darkness that engulfs the lives of so many. Gracious God, whose still small voice of calm can yet give comfort and peace, we bring before you all who are in pain or despair, those who are sick, and all who mourn the passing of one they loved. Inspire them with the knowledge that you are with them and that nothing can separate you or your love from them. Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for those who have walked this way before us, for those we ourselves have known and loved, and for all who, having kept the faith, dwell now with you in glory. Encourage us by their example, and grant that by being faithful till death, we may also know the joy of life everlasting. These things we ask in the name and for the sake of that same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We sing the hymn 532, hymn 532. It's a wee while since we've sang this one. 532, Lord, you have come to the seashore.
It has been said that our circumstances and those who are around us in our early and formative years can have a bearing on what we do or achieve in life. I imagine there will be some truth in that. If you're brought up in a secure and loving environment and encouraged to study and learn, you will not always but often be reasonably confident in yourself and have a good chance of reaching your potential. If, on the other hand, there is not much security or love, and you are not encouraged to stick in or study, your confidence when it comes, for example, to getting a job could be low, and you may question your ability to succeed in the way that others do. I sometimes wonder how it was for the fishermen whom Jesus sought out and called to follow him. What had their early and formative years been like? What were their circumstances and experiences? I ask these questions because at the time we're thinking about the time when Jesus began his ministry, an individual had to go through a long, drawn-out process in order to become a disciple or follower of a rabbi. And it was only those who had the required skill and intellect who ultimately made it. Those deemed not to have the required skill and intellect were told to take another path, to learn a trade or help at home. Matthew does not tell us much about the fishermen Jesus encountered by the Sea of Galilee. We're not told how many years they had been fishing. We're not told their age. We only know that James and John were fishing with their father Zebedee and were therefore continuing the family trade. And because these two brothers and another set of brothers, Simon and Andrew, were also in the fishing trade, we can, according to certain scholars, conclude that as far as the rabbis had been concerned, these individuals did not tick all the boxes in order to become disciples or followers. In other words, these four fishermen had not made the grade. They did not have the scriptural knowledge, the education or lingo that would have enabled them to continue climbing the educational ladder. And so they were definitely not fit to follow a rabbi, become his disciple, and eventually be commissioned by him to share his knowledge 
and become rabbis themselves. This is possibly what the fishermen would have been told by the rabbis and others. And I cannot help but think, if that was the case, that this is what these fishermen would have come to believe about themselves as well. In all probability, they were content and happy to be fishermen. It is an honorable calling, if ever there was one. But all the while, they would know deep down that in the eyes of the rabbis, they were not quite up to the mark. I remember some years ago being at a function. Some young children had been to dance classes and they gave a performance. At the end, I heard an aunt of one of the children commend her niece, but add, you'll never be as good as your sister. These words jarred with me. I could have throttled her. <laughs> Not literally. But isn't it true that some children might be able to turn a deaf ear to such a statement? But not all will. Words like that can remain in our psyche and cause us to inwardly question our ability. With the result, our confidence can be eroded and we do not achieve our potential. The fishermen did not satisfy the requirements of the rabbis. And yet, it was these same fishermen that Jesus chose to follow him at the outset of his ministry. They were ordinary, hard-working, down-to-earth men, casting their net into the sea, and Jesus saw in them quite clearly great potential. The potential to become his disciples and his friends. The potential to become participants in his ministry. A ministry committed to nothing less than the establishing of God's kingdom on earth and therefore he called out to them follow me and I will make you fish for people I wonder what they thought in all probability they would have known something about Jesus perhaps they were aware that John the Baptist had said of him, There is the Lamb of God. And here they were, invited to follow this man, who was beginning to be noticed. 
and who spoke with authority. I recall the story of the young monk who was called upon to preach his first sermon. He was extremely nervous, but he ascended the pulpit and he looked out at the other monks gathered before him and he said, do you know what I'm going to preach about today? And they all shook their heads and said, no. He said, well, neither do I. (laughs) And down he came from the pulpit. Well, the monks weren't going to let him off with that, and they decided he should preach the following Sunday. And just in case he should ask the same question, they agreed that they would nod and say yes. So the next Sunday came round, all too quickly, and the young monk climbed the pulpit steps and he looked out at the other monks and he said, do you know what I'm going to preach about today? And as agreed, they all nodded and said yes. And he says, well, if you know already, there's no point in preaching to you. (laughs) Well, the monks were furious. What on earth was he thinking on? And so they said he would need to preach the following Sunday. And they agreed among themselves. If he asked the same question, half nod and say yes, half shake your head and say no. (laughs) Well, the next Sunday he climbed up into the pulpit, he looked out at the monks before him, and he said, do you know what I'm going to preach about today? At which point half nodded and said yes, and the other shook their heads and said no. And he said, well, those who know tell those who don't. (laughs) We are told that immediately on hearing Jesus' gracious invitation to follow him, the fishermen left what they were doing and followed him. I don't know about you, but this amazes me. And I've tried to imagine if I was in their situation, how would I have responded? I think I would have been nervous. I'm the type who is more comfortable with that with which I'm familiar. I might have wanted to stay doing what I was doing. And perhaps I might have been influenced by the expectations that others had of me. Expectations that would either help or hinder my ability to respond positively. Psalm 27, which we read, is a great psalm. It highlights the psalmist's faith. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And yet later in that same psalm, there is evidence 
of insecurity. Do not hide your face from me, nor turn away your servant whose help you have been. God, my Savior, do not reject me or forsake me. What had happened? Something had happened. Simply put, the psalmist had become aware of what others were saying about him. And as a consequence, both his faith in God and confidence in himself took a knock. That can happen. And that is what can sometimes hold us back in our calling to be the people of God. I wonder how often we let others' discouraging voices and low expectations of us keep us from responding to Jesus' call to follow him and be his people not only in the church but the wider community. I wonder how often we let our own fears about our lack of religious lingo or knowledge of the Bible keep us from putting ourselves forward to do something within the church or out with it. I wonder how often we let the negative voices we hear around us and within us dominate the way we view ourselves and hold us back from fulfilling our true potential. It is definitely not easy to ignore such things, for they can be very real. And yet it is often when we least expect it. And in those times when we wish to hold on tight to our own fishing net on the side of the boat, that the call of Jesus comes. Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. I like the words with which Psalm 27 concludes. After the insecurity and apparent lack of confidence, there is this great affirmation. Well, I know that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and brave. And put your hope in the Lord. My friends, no matter what other voices out with and within we might hear, There is only one voice that ultimately counts, the voice of the Master. And so, as we respond to that gracious call to follow Jesus, we do so in great company, the company of faith. Ordinary people just like ourselves, called to follow. I remember some years ago when I was studying, 
And I have to say that all those years ago, and it's no different today, the pulpit can still fill me with dread. But I remember one old minister say this, God does not always call the equipped, but he does always equip those he calls. Therein lies our confidence as the people of God and followers of Jesus. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The closing hymn is hymn 509, Jesus Calls Us O'er the Tumult of Our Lives, Wild, Restless Sea. Go forth in peace, and the blessing of Almighty God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and dwell within you this day and even forevermore.